Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taking Care of Business. This week I'm joined by someone you'd have seen all over our social channels for the last few months. It's Cash. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to talk about the May report first and foremost and a couple of other things we've seen going on in the market. The difference will be, I think Cash will be asking me more questions and I'll be trying to, trying to answer them yep. as well as I can do. So let's kick things off. Yep. So, uh, Paul, tell us what happened in May during the re- in the report. So, May, we got a lot of um, a lot of feedback. Let's put it that way from our April report and the podcast that followed. In terms of, we reported a drop in transfers in the market, which is accurate. It happened. It's we're here to we're here to give accurate facts and figures, not just paint blue skies and sunshine. If if that's not re- uh, replicated in the data. However, at the time, we acknowledged it was uh, Eid holidays, uh, Ramadan, and also the Easter holidays. So it's like a, a triple whammy of things that happened in the market, which did cause the slowdown. And we predicted that this month we would expect to see higher, which is exactly what we've seen. So I think the first thing to talk about is there was 11,621 property transfers at the Dubai Land Department, which is a massive 75% increase year on year and a 40% increase month on month. The value of those transactions is, or was, 33 billion, which is a huge 85% increase year on year and 26% increase month on month. So it appears in May, it's back to to business, back to usual for for Dubai. And uh, do you think that Dubai still stands as a goldmine for UK investors? I mean, I'm talking like based on last week's podcast also. Yeah, so for those that haven't seen last week's podcast yet, we spoke about um, there was another mortgage rate rise in the UK last week. And not only with the mortgage rate rise, but what the banks in the UK have done is they've taken away some some products that they had on the market for buy-to-let investors, and they've increased the rates further for buy-to-let investors than than what the actual base rate rise was. So, which made it a a bigger barrier to entry, as as well as a lot of regulation that's been going on probably in the last five to eight years in the UK, that's really made it harder for buy-to-let investors to make money. Consequently, over the last eight years, and more so since, being honest, um, a lot of UK investors are flocking to Dubai and the UAE at the moment. There's a lot of people that are moving over here to live, to uh, moving their businesses over here, but there's also a lot of people from the UK who are living in the UK and, and no intention of leaving the UK but who are now buying property in Dubai as an investment rather than buying back in the UK. So I'm always, I understand the, the, the question. I'm always hesitant to say things like gold mine, but um, it's a very, Dubai is a very, very attractive place for, for UK uh, investors and investors are from, a, from around the world, really. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's also like, it's there's no tax on income, so it's a great place to be at. And uh, what about like the off-plan market? Off plan was good, I think. Off plans, um, off plan's been good for for quite a while now. So we had a notable uh, transaction in Como Residence, which uh, was a penthouse over there that the, the team managed to sell for sixty five million, which was amazing. So that was the the biggest transaction of the month for them. But overall, they, they, the team had a, a very very busy month, and that comes in again from local investment, but also a lot of foreign investment that we're talking about. And again, whether it's the UK or um, the, the sources from, from other countries around the world, if we look at the market in general, there was 5,651 off-plan 
transactions registered at the land department in May compared to 5,970 for the secondary market. So almost 50-50 really. Yeah. Uh, in terms of value, there was 14 billion dirhams worth of off-plan transactions and 19 billion worth of secondary transactions, which again is following suit at the moment that the secondary transactions are um, are providing a higher, a higher value in the market. But again, we spoke about it loads. It's natural, the amount of high ticket listings that are selling at the moment is is phenomenal. It's like every week you read a record and it's 100 million for this, 200 for that, 400 for that. So yeah. it, it's no surprise at all that the, the secondary market's um, performing like that. What I'd say about the mortgage market as well, one stat that really stood out for me, compared to May uh, 2022, there was a 99.99%, I mean, we could just, might as well just round it off to 100, I don't we? Yeah. But a 99.99% increase in the value of mortgages oh. within Dubai, which is absolutely huge. So again, that shows how much buyer interest there is, how much yeah. investment there is, but also that the, the rise in the, the average property price as well, which is which is going on. And whilst I've got this perfect screen in front of me that I'm sharing all this data yeah. from, we've still seen that the the higher end of the market and really, for the purposes of this um, and the report that we put out, we talk about the higher end of the market being 10 million plus, but the reality is 10 million is quite low end for, yeah. for a bit of the market at the moment. But 10 million plus still only makes up 3.75% of the market. Over, I think it's about 91% of the market is under 5 million dirhams, which for Dubai, really, we that I would class that as an affordable level. Yeah. If you go below 3 million, I think it's 77% of the market is still below 3 million. So I still maintain the message that anyone who's watched the pods previously will have heard. The market's in a, a healthy place. It's, it's not a bubble that's growing and it's not being led by all these huge sales and transactions in the market. Most of the activity in the market are at an affordable level. It's mainly people getting onto the property ladder, maybe upsizing and As we can see by the, the mortgage transactions, it's mainly mortgage buyers, which is is a good thing for market. That's a, a healthy property market. And the reason I say that is if the market was overrun by cash buyers, you'd maybe say, okay, it is a bit of a There's bubble. A bubble. Yeah, things things could go a little bit wrong here. But the fact that people are, are taking the mortgages, mortgages is a big commitment for people. I think it, despite the high demand and the high level of transactions, I think the, the market's still in a, a good place for us all. We've also had more um, more people opting for finance than cash buyers, which is great. Hundred percent. And also, also witnessed um, uh, impressive fifty eight percent growth month on month for villa and townhouse transactions too. Yeah, which is it's always a funny one. This because we always try and spot like trends and migrations in the market. Obviously, after COVID, there was a, a huge push out to villa areas because uh, people wanted the outside space. They realised after being cooped up. Then it was a case of, um, as restrictions and everything else is, people kind of flocked back to the apartments because they wanted uh, the city centre. And whether we say city centre is in downtown Dubai, which really is a centre, or like just Marina, JBR, where there's yeah. a hive of activity in terms of um, nightlife, cafes, restaurants, cl uh, beach clubs in case of Marina and JBR, etc. Et so. I always like to keep uh, an eye on this one, but yeah, again, we've seen the, the popularity of uh, villas and townhouse increase. But again, I put that down to families are moving over here. Like yeah. people are, even within our company, we've got um, we've got loads of people at the moment who are moving over and bringing their families with them. And I think that's happening throughout Dubai. And it, 
as well as the income, I always go back to this. I think one of the biggest drivers is just the safety and the lifestyle that you can yeah. that you can offer people over here. And also the biggest factor is like tax-free income, you know? Yeah. It's very easy to bring your family here comparatively. Uh, yeah, it is. My hesitation is because school fees are quite <laughs> do eat into the, the tax-free income. But yeah, no, it, it is that. But you are right. You are right. And it is, again, it's a great place for, for people to to bring the, the uh, to bring their, their kids and their families over to. I know you're going to go on to a different slide in a minute and, and a couple of things we've seen in the news, but there's a couple more things I wanted to highlight on the re report before we did. So client registrations, um, which is always a barometer for me of how the market's going to perform in the next two or three months because people who are registering, registering with us today will transact in the next two to three months. So client registrations in May uh, was up 21%. Uh, compared to April, but a massive 96% year on year. Oh, so wow. this, this is what I mean when we talk about the, the demand in the market, it's sky high. So this is a buyer registrate or uh, buyers that are registering with us with an interest to purchase property and activity levels in terms of viewing was up 23% um, month on month, May compared to April and up 48% year on year. But I would expect to see with 96% uh, increase in client registrations at June is going to be a very busy month as yeah. well for for people out there viewing and a 9.6% increase month on month in terms of property listings. So I know if Brandy's watching this from Dubai, she's sick of us talking about undersupply in the market. So I won't labor the point too much, but you can see an, a 9.6% increase in listings compared to 96% increase in client registrations. There's a huge, um, a huge mis mismatch in the market there. Uh, and then if we look on the tenant side, one thing I picked up here is listings were up 21% um, but, um, on the rental side of the market, whereas client registrations month on month were up 3.7%, so much smaller amount than um, than the buyers. So we might see, from a tenant's point of view, they might see a couple more options in the market over, over the, the coming month or two. And, it may or may not, it remains to be seen. And as with everything, it's always area specific, but they may or may not have a little bit more room for negotiation if there's a, a few more units out there for them to, to choose from. Okay, fire away. I know you, you've you got questions for me in terms of other things we've been seeing in the market. So that was a, a quick recap of the May report. We released the report, I think it, it's tomorrow or we'll confirmed, but there'll be a lot more detail in there for, for people to have a look yep. at as well. It's easy to understand and you can navigate the market with confidence. So uh, let's get on to the new corporate tax update. Did you see that Ministry of Finance has announced a new update for corporate tax since it got enforced uh, June 1st onwards? Yes, but tell me what it was. So um, basically, a lot of people have been questioning that is corporate tax applicable to rental incomes as well? So what do you think? Is it going to be applied over there? Well, so this was something that came out. So we're, we're filming this on the 7th of June. The news came out on the 6th of June um, that for overseas investors, they would be subject to corporate tax. We're still waiting for the full details. But as I understand it and have read into it so far, and I, I could be wrong, I think it's for those that are purchasing, overseas investors that are purchasing properties in a company name, because obviously it's corporate tax. Um, that's one. Then as we know, I think, and again, I, I could be wrong, the reason I hesitate is I, I'm not a tax expert, but I, I like to read up on it. So I like to think I, I know a certain extent. Um, as we've seen corporate tax in Dubai, the company has to generate 370,000 
dirhams worth of turnover to be liable for tax. So I would presume on the property side for overseas investors, again, it would be 375,000 dirhams as the, the threshold. But what I've also seen is, so in the UK, people pay tax and not just corporate, like personal tax on property investments. So if you buy it in your, your personal name on the entire, on just the rental income, okay. it used to be different in the UK. And this is a regulatory, regulatory change that, that I mentioned. It used to be that in the UK, you could um, deduct your mortgage payment, any any uh, expenses, and then pay tax on the remainder. What it seems to be in Dubai is that they they want to, they only want to tax on the profit that's made in a property. So if you've got a mortgage, which as we saw from the conversation two or three minutes ago, a lot of people do, you can deduct things like mortgage payments, service charges, any ongoing maintenance. You can uh, um, deduct those from... Um, from the rental income and just pay pay the tax on the profit. So it remains to be seen who, how many people it will impact. And again, it seems, I feel it will only be people who are buying properties in a, in a company name, but hopefully we'll have more news on this in the next couple of weeks for, for everyone. Oh. But again, just to reiterate the point, it is for overseas investors. So anyone who's living, residing in Dubai and investing in property, there's, there's no change at the moment. So you think that Dubai still continues to thrive for investors, even though the introduction of corporate tax is there? Yeah. For foreign I, I think I think it's not it's not a surprise that increased taxation's coming into the city. And as much as we all love a tax-free lifestyle, Dubai and the UAE they can't they can't run forever on their own coffers. They need to generate money to yeah. help run the city as it is is growing, like infrastructure infrastructure, uh, transport, uh, medical care, et cetera, et cetera, all needs to be paid for somehow. What I think we've, we'll see in the UAE though, as we all know, we've all got our own personal medical insurance. There's not a, so in a certain extent there is, but uh, by and large, it's not a state funded medical service. We, we pay for everything as we go, as opposed to, again, I'm gonna refer to the UK where there's a lot of public services that are provided like education, schooling, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Dubai will always be a place where We'll have tax. There'll be more tax that comes in in future, mm -hmm. but I think it will never be at the level of, or maybe never is a strong word. Who can predict what's going to happen in twenty or thirty years? But I don't foresee it being at a level to rival the UK or Europe or the the US, for example. So for that reason, I think it'll always remain an attractive uh, place to invest and and to live. So moving on uh, to South-based development, um, did you know that Dubai South is developing the initial phases of their new development called South Bay? This awarded contract is worth $272 million, which is 999 million therms. Yeah. What do you think about that? Amazing. It's fantastic. And we'll, we'll keep, we'll continue to see more of this over the next few years. And I think as Dubai grows and develops and as there's community after community built, Dubai keeps and the developers keep learning from past communities that they've built and they, they keep making them better, better and better. So I think with the South Bay development as a, Kilometer long Crystal uh, Lagoon, three kilometers of waterfront promenade, multiple beaches, clubhouse, fitness centers, parks. I mean, it sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yeah. But there's there's more and more developments that are coming up like this in Dubai. So again, in terms of why people want to move here, Dubai's got so much space that it can yeah. build these incredible developments from scratch. Like I was in the UK last weekend and. I love the UK, it's a beautiful country and the, the cities are beautiful, but if you go around the, the, any major city in the UK, there's not space to develop for all this amazing lifestyle, crystal lagoons, et cetera, et cetera. So 
this is why Dubai has such an advantage at the moment. And South so South Bay sounds incredible. I was talking to the developer sales team um, about it only yesterday. But again, we will see more and more of these type of developments coming up over the, the next few years. And uh, don't you think that Dubai is like adjusting to the buyers and renters' demands? As a lot of people nowadays are looking for waterfront developments and Dubai also announced that they're doing the whole beach expansion project. A hundred percent. So what do you think about that? It's fantastic. And people, they are, Dubai and the developers, because it really is the developers that are making these communities, are really, have now cottoned onto the fact they need to create a lifestyle for people. Yeah. People aren't just looking for, the property is not the most important thing to people. People will make compromises on the property itself, even the location, if the lifestyle that's on offer to them and their family is is at a different level. And I think this is what the developers have really noticed now and are really cottoning onto. And they're making each community is like becoming its own destination. Yeah. So you no longer have to think, well, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go to this weekend? We're going to have to jump in the car, do the X, Y, Z. Everything is on the doorstep in these communities yeah. for people. There's like so many more man-made waterfront projects and beaches, such as like the Laluka, for instance, District 1 also. It's, it's pretty nice what they're doing. Yeah, I agree completely. And then... I mean, getting on to my last point, this is the most interesting one to me. Is Man City going to win the Champions League? What do you think? <laughs> well, I can't believe we get to talk about Man City on um, on the podcast. I hope so. It'd be a difficult game. But we've just... Um, the reason I was in the UK was to go to the, the FA Cup final, which thankfully uh, we managed to win. So we've won the, the Premier League, the FA Cup. We're here to replicate what United did back in 1999 and yeah. win the treble now. So we're, we're one game away from it so Second let's see yeah. fingers crossed and uh, if LK Gundogan comes in clutch like he has been in all these games do you think he deserves the Blondier over Holland? that's a good question but before I get onto it what does comes in clutch mean? I mean like saving the game sort of well I've never heard that um, but do you know what it's a good question it's always the players like Haaland who get the nominations for the Ballon d'Or and your likes of Gundogan do go not a notice because he gets a lot of credit but but maybe for big awards like this, they do get overlooked. But do you know what? It's not a bad question because if there's one man that's delivered for us over the years, and especially this year in big games and big moments, it is Ilkay. So who knows? Maybe we'll contact the um, the, the Ballon d'Or organisers and put his name yeah, forward. We're shouting out to you. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, fingers crossed for the weekend anyway. Let's see. Yeah, anyway. Good. Thank you very much, Cash. Great to have you on here. Thank you, everyone, for watching. As usual, um, any questions, any clarity, anything you want to talk about, let us know. If you could like, follow, subscribe to the page, it would be excellent. And hopefully I don't get too much negative feedback from any non-Man City fans. <laughs> Thank you and see you next time.